So I'd like to introduce my co-host, Claire Faye Barnard, who just came fresh off the heels from a party. She just graduated her from her second degree, so she thought... Let's just destroy all the brain cells that I've made. And now, for our guest of honor, the beautiful, the intelligent, the smart, the recently graduated, double masters, honors, Mrs. Cecile Ntung. <laughs> Nkung, okay. uh, I forgot your, your fourth name, but yes, Cecile, how are you? I'm good, thank you, but you really murdered my name, shame. <laughs> <laughs> I murdered it. I am, I'm so, so sorry. Are you planning on doing your doctorate? I think that's the only question I'm getting ever since Thursday. Oh, and shit, sorry, anxiety. I can't forget I said I anything. Know. I'm, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I can't even think of any more book right now. But okay. maybe, maybe. Well, I want to first stress out just how much of a workload Cecile had. Because during her master's, right, you were working. At the same time that you were doing your master's in engineering, you were doing your honors in engineering as well at UP at the same mm-hmm. time. And you were tutoring us. <laughs> Myself, Nontu Junior, yeah. and you're also working on your side projects as well <laughs> in that time. And you were able to not only work hard, but work so efficiently. And I've honestly tried to mimic that, but it's truly been impossible for me to just do it with the level of, effic- of efficiency that you do it. It's like you're like the female oh, Elon nice. Musk. <laughs> I think there was a point in time, you know, I, I, I called Cecile, I was. I was finding some difficulties at work and uh, I wanted to get her advice. And I was crying and I was moping and I was sad about it. And she was like, dude, just man up. (laughs) 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 Just just man the fuck up, okay? Like you you gotta be strong in this industry. It's 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 not for it's not for the weak. But even when you were that busy, you still did make the time for us whenever we needed you to help us and assist us with what we were going through. How were you able to manage your time that effectively? I, I don't know. I, I think during that period, studying, working, most often I had a to-do list, either for a week or for a day. And because of me, I had to commute from East London to Pretoria at least once a month. Even a to-do list of what I needed to pack. <laughs> I think I also just have the mindset of whatever I start, I need to finish. And Mm. I don't know, just do it well. I think so. Otherwise, don't do it at all. Are you comfortable sharing what challenges you were facing during that time? Take it to like 2017. That's when I was also doing the honors as well as tutoring you guys. But also at the end of that year, I lost my elder brother. Oh, sorry to hear that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And then, of Mm. course, work life is never easy. You know, one minute you're away from work, your bosses always, it feels like you're taking away the time that they're paying you for. As a full-time employee, you still get paid irrespectively. So in as much as they're granting you that study Mm. leave, I still always felt this, like there's just some heaviness. Yeah. It feels like I'm taking away their time. So whenever I would come back, it's like I had to pull in extra or working late sometimes when necessary. But yeah, I think all of those things. And the commute was not easy as well. Yeah, flying every month was, was not fun. It's like I was living out of a bag. Mm. The reason why I wanted to have this topic with you, right, is because you're talking about education and everybody here has had different experiences yeah. in terms of education, in terms of the industry that they were starting to be in or were in the industry that they're currently working now, whether it benefits them or not. Now, I've spoken to Claire about mm-hmm. this before as well, and she has a lot of good things to say about TUT. She has had an incredibly well-rounded experience there that has helped her in prepping her well for the work life that she has had to endure yeah. as a radiographer. And she also has a different experience in Pretoria, which she will share in a moment. 
And there's also Matthew, who went to UCT, did software engineering and electrical engineering. I think it's Megatronics. Megatronics, right? That's what yeah. Did, right? Yeah, Megatronics, which is an incredibly... Megatronics is the most difficult field of engineering that there is. It's my husband. Trust me. <laughs> like, I've seen the Megatronics guys. <laughs> Matthew, sign a prenup. Matthew, sign a prenup. Matthew is super smart. He's like one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life, dude. Like, he's really quick math. Um, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll start with Matthew, then move over to Claire, and then Nontu, and then Cecile. Okay, so Matthew, um, you were going to share, how did your experience in varsity prepare you for the industry that you're in currently? Well, currently, uh, my current job doesn't have to do with anything that I studied at university, besides maybe I did some similarities with uh, software and coding. But the main thing that, like when they when, when you start engineering, there's like uh, the first lesson that, that they go to and they say that, like, what is it? Only, as either, I think, one out of the three, like if you look to the person to your left and, well, that, that's left, look to the person to your right, one out of you will not make it to the end. And then the next thing they say is that, like, Half of people that finish engineering don't go into uh, engineering jobs because we're not teaching you here how to be an engineer. We're teaching you how to problem solve. And I can definitely attest to that. It's definitely assisted me in my problem solving abilities. I mean, I that's literally my current job is just problem solving with software. So I, it's, it definitely prepared me for that. Yeah, there were some good years and some bad years, but, you know, in... In general, I think it was a positive outcome. That's that's really good, dude. That's really good. Uh, very few people have that experience as well because I know that in engineering, uh, a lot of people usually go from like engineering to like finance or like from engineering to whatever the case may yeah, be. And yeah. I know that a lot of a lot of what contributes to that is a problem solving aspect mm. as well because not only is the market so saturated like saturated in engineering a lot of the times i don't know about megatronics but that's how it is with silver engineering a lot of the times like we are offered jobs in the financial sector and either banks or big financial advisors or brokers or most of the time like something technical yeah you know it offers that open door opportunity so clear you have had the best of both worlds. You have had the, the, the opportunity of doing radiography and you were studying that in a, a technical yeah. institute and then you were unhappy with your, yeah. your job at the time and you were going through a series of challenges and you decided to just also equip yourself with an additional skill and you went over to the University of Pretoria and enrolled for BSc and decided, nope. Uh, no, no, I think it was BSc Maths, and you, yeah. you decided, no, not this. I'm not doing this. And then you saw BSc Sports Science, and you were like, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, one thing I can say about studying is that, um, like, let's say you're good at studying like biology, but you're not good at studying math. Like, it's not going to magically change in university. Everything just gets harder in university. So if you know you suck at math yeah. now, you're most probably not going to do well at math at university. Because I did well in math. Like, I got an A in high school. Mm -hmm. But when I got to university math, it's just a different ball game. Like, everything in university is just a different ball game because they don't mm -hmm. care if you fail. It, when you're in high school, they care about yeah. their precious pass rates. And, you know, it's like, oh, 100% of students pass from our school, et cetera, et cetera. No, they don't care about the level of education. They care about getting you to pass. But at university, they don't care if you pass. <laughs> if you fail, then you fail. That's your own yeah. business. <laughs> yeah, and I also feel like a lot of people aren't like really taught how to look after themselves yeah. before they leave university. Like a lot of people don't know how to clean. Like I didn't know how to clean. So like I kind of feel like a lot of people are in the same boat mm. where they don't even know how to clean after themselves, let alone look after themselves. So, yeah, like it's it's a huge mm. uh, culture shock. It's a huge change, especially if you don't know how to look after yourself. Yeah, it kind of does suck, like not being taught those like life skills. 
And it goes mostly to like our education system only mo- focuses on like teaching us skills to work and that produce an output that can contribute to the, to society. So like initially, like you taught how to read and then from there you're reading yeah. to learn, you know, or like you're reading to acquire knowledge. Everything that like goes up with like life skills, social skills, you know, um, like all of those things, you know, you're expected to either learn from home or pick it up as you go along, you know, and it's kind of like your responsibilities. But if it's something that has never been brought to you like as a problem or as something that you should focus on to to develop, then yeah. you're not going to develop it. And so, so going from high school to varsity and then having to develop that, that's going to be difficult. But I mean, at, at 18, you're a young adult already. And at 18, you have a desire to acquire responsibilities mm-hmm. and privileges. Like if at 18, you want the privilege of going to study, you should have the responsibilities of coming with it. If you want like a car, you should have the responsibilities yeah. that come with it. If you want whatever, you should have the responsibilities that come with it. Um, I don't know if I'm just going too deep on that, but that's just me. If you go straight from school and compare that to varsity, school is almost like you, not only do you have like very little responsibilities, you also have no, you have all of these, as Claire said, like these guardrails to make sure that things go according to plan. You know, they have, you have to do your homework and you, you get checked that you do your homework and all that stuff. Whereas then, you know, know, nobody wants to do homework. And now you're given the opportunity at varsity to not do your homework. Nine times out of ten, what are kids going to do? They're not going to do the homework because they don't have to. I think the the main issue is that school, it forces you to learn, whereas it should be trying to foster a creating um, students to want to learn. Because if somebody finds something that they want to do, they will do the homework because they will want to do it. And I mean, I think that's the, well, one of the things that I think. Um, I think one of the like things I've seen on social media is that moms are doing the homework for their children, which I also think kind of fosters that whole kind of thing of like, oh no, like I don't have to do the work. Someone else is going to do the work for me. So when by the time kids like that, they get to university, they either expect their mom to do it for them or they just expect to pass, you know. But I'm just, like, I'm quoting from what I've seen from social media. Like, I, I've seen moms do their children's work on social media. I do not have any kids, and I do not have any friends with kids. So, I mean, a vast majority of moms might not do this, but I don't know because I don't, I don't associate with children. Yeah, I think it's probably just, uh, probably just uh, the vocal minority, you know, the usual, so. like, 90% of the people don't say anything and then 10% of people do say stuff and then everyone just goes with what the 10% of people that that shout the loudest. Yeah. Yeah, that could be the most likely. That could be the most I mean, I doubt that there's most most parents are doing their kids' homework. No. That's uh, probably only some, (laughs) some, I would say, I would think it's moms that probably don't have, what's it, work or not because, uh, or, or they, Oh, oh, maybe there's very specific reasons. I mean, but I, I, I doubt it's the majority of people. You were saying, Matthew, that like in most cases, they go through structure yeah. in a sense at school mm. that helps them develop the discipline to then go to varsity and then apply it for themselves and be able to then do tasks that they don't like, but they have to do because obviously it's a responsibility. Um, I get with a point to what you were you were making, which was that they've got that in in high school, whereby there's people smothering yeah. them, right? But it could be like that. It, it, they could be smothered, whereby things are being done for them, and they've kind of like been pushed across the ladder. And uh, there are cases whereby having that being done at a very young age creates structure, a sense of structure for them, whereby they're able to implement it in varsity. And then they're able to implement it for themselves in their own personal life when they start, once they start working. It can be a double-edged sword, but it depends on how you present yeah. it. 
I don't want to drag it on too long. I want to go to Nontu and just share, uh, ask her just to share her experience with how her education in varsity has helped her in the industry and uh, where she's been able to implement that. Yeah. Yes. Hi. Um, firstly, I would like to thank Cecil. She was the major part of me passing my structures. <laughs> And also, she'll be also a major part of me finally finishing my master's. So, so, so please, let's not even yep, get I'm into that. But you. then, yeah. Yep, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but overall, before anything else, I'd like to say people should ask for help. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. It's something that I learned the hard way, I think. Hmm. but it's something that we should all do like this like no one knows everything you are not expected to know that's why we go to school and go to study because we are not expected to know like if we knew we wouldn't be going to school or studying whatever we're studying because we just want to know so the first thing is we must not be scared to ask for help there are people willing to help so we don't be afraid just look at all corners but balancing like school maybe from high school going to university i'll start there high school i chose technical subjects which i may say helped me yeah when i went to university like tut so it helped me quite a lot with that like choosing technical subjects and then doing what i studied in high school it was maybe like for first year it was like a walkway like it was not easy but it was like since i did put effort in high school to also understand some of the work that i did so it did help me quite a lot and then dude remember when we were getting such high marks i think i remember my first test like that i I wrote when i was my first year and i got like a a hundred percent i know it's applied mechanics (laughs) Applied mechanic. Oh my god, I, I won't forget either, dude. Because I was like, holy shit, I can't believe it. I got a hundred percent. Like, holy shit, dude. And like, my marks are just so amazing, dude. I was looking at the end of the year and I was like, oh my god, this is great. <laughs> then final year, oh my <laughs> god, oh my god, dude, it was rough. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> you see, can be either a breeze or it yeah. can be hell. So asking yeah. for help as yeah. you go on, it's very important. I was so cocky in first year. I was like, I don't need anybody's help. Yeah. I'm smart. Look at this. 100%. 100%. I remember that very well. I remember the subject because of what you said, Alex. So going to the work environment. It was such, so different. But one thing I liked about TUT is that before we even got our diploma, it's almost like forced, but they made us do practicals. That's another thing people should know. In university, never trust people. In university, yeah, okay, you can also help in everything, but it is kind of like you are kind of by yourself. Like there are even some people that might even want to manipulate you into doing their work for you. I think it was a similar thing in uh, when I was doing BTEC. You know, the yeah. I mean, those lecturers, they tend to, they can solve an example, but in a way, if you know how to jot down and, you know, note down the comments, it becomes some really good notes. I think, was it theory of structures? I ended up ha- having to scan my stuff, my own notes that I was making. Some that even have the examples that are soft in class because those things are not in the handout. So I had to like scan and be emailing out to people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let me just say, Cecile, that scan document made it oh, to me no. three years later <laughs> and it helped a lot. <laughs> so you're the real MVP. No, I'm not the culprit because I came three years after you. So, you know. So it's whoever did it, it's their fault. But just know that it helped me a lot. Yo, it helped me understand that. Like, guys, let me let me just explain. It was a two-page note that was able to summarize an entire chapter of theory of structures so beautifully. It was really well done. Oh, oh, oh! Here's the funny story, right? This one time we were in class. <clears throat> we were in class, 
and was like, usually when he comes to, 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 to lecture, he only comes to lecture and then he leaves to go back to work. Okay. And he always comes in a double cab Hilux. But this one day he decided to use a different car. So he gets in and uh, we all set it down. He's lecturing and we're about 30 minutes into the lecture and he gets a phone call. All right. And then uh, he decides to answer it just in front of us. And he's like, yeah, hello. Yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm there right now. It's planned to be there. It's okay. Okay, cool. All right. Thanks a lot. Then he hangs up. And then he looks over at us and he's like, that's my insurance. They think that my car's in a dodgy area. So like TUT is a dodgy area to, to the insurance company. And it was a McLaren. So so he laughed and he was like, hey guys, my insurance think that this place is dodgy. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I want to ask, like during you doing like your like your masters and your honors all of that did some of your friendships that you thought would last for quite a while like mm-hmm. not or you like last that long and then you find out that some friends that you thought were your friends are not actually your friends like how is the friendship like did you have any disturbances or anything i don't know um, not at, not from BTEC level. I think my circle of friends was very, very close. At BTEC, the, the one person that we communicated about school was Moela, which you guys know. So it was just me and him all through. And then we started our master's at the same time, proposal. So it was me and him. The way I experienced that way, you'd have some friends because they think, I'm not saying that I'm smart, but they think you're smart so they can benefit from you. That was a diploma level. So after that, mm. you just find now everyone is going their way. You're like, oh, but I thought we were really, really good friends. But now you just realize it's because you, you had stuff that <clears throat> would help them and it yeah. did help them at that time. Yeah. It's actually sad. So it hurt you at some point. like because. I also, like, for myself, I can speak, like, diploma, mm. like, there were people that I was friends with, BTEC, obviously, some people went to do other things, and then there are some mm. people who stuck around, and I'm like, hmm, <laughs> like, and then after BTEC, okay, so those people were not actually real, they were around me because of what they thought I could offer, even though they would see me also asking for help. But because I always made myself available to yeah. also teach them what I also learned. Mm. And then now it's like, okay. And then now I'm like going, like still doing because now we're working. And then now I'm trying to also do the masters. And it's mm. like, hmm, actually I don't have those friends that friends I thought were my friends. Mm. So they were basically <laughs> using me. Like, how do you cope with that? But, and, dude, but dude, look, yeah. um, <laughs> okay, listen. I don't like hearing about like people being used or anything like that because I feel like that's like um, I'm not saying this to offend anything, but then like it creates like it it creeps in like this victim type of mentality, right? So I tell people not to be so caught up with being used because if you can't be used, then that means that you're useless. Uh, okay, ha, ha, ha. like no, I'm no, I'm being dead serious. I'm being dead serious because look, here's the thing, right? This is something that I even told my boss, okay? Like, I don't mind being used. Like, if you want, if you need extra hours that you're not going to pay me for, whatever the case may be, I don't mind being used. Just don't use me to the point whereby I don't know how to use myself or just don't use me before I use myself, before I learn how to use myself or don't use me to the point whereby I'm finished. Like, I can't get up from the from, from the emotional pain or whatever the case may be. Don't look at me like that, Matthew. You know what I mean. It's nothing sexual. You're yeah. a slut. Yeah, I, you're uh, nothing just, sexual. You yeah. Work. yeah, you just shouldn't to speak work if you're not to. Yeah. yeah, don't feel like you're being used. Look at it this way. Um, I think just <clears> from <throat> tutoring you guys, I ended up understanding the subjects a lot more than when I was even studying. So through teaching someone, you are actually educating yourself without you realizing you're developing skills that you didn't realize you had 
So look at it this way. Whether it was a diploma or that B-Tech and you felt like they used, you know, look at it like you helped them. And naturally in life, not every friendship is meant to last. Along the way, we will lose some. Along the way, we'll make new friends. Yeah. But it is painful. That's how life rolls. Yeah. I think also it comes with, since I was also speaking about work, even at work, Mm. like, it's not from, maybe from high school, and it works that people are also going to be using you. You Mm. just need to have a thick skin that people are going to use you, but you just have to learn to make it work because some people use you knowing that ah so it's just a process of you learning to adapt like okay there'll be people using you so you just have to have that tough skin to be like okay i'll move on on this i also feel like you um develop uh assertive behavior so like for example like at work if you know you're on the phone and okay well in radiography and you're busy doing a patient and then you've got another patient on the side and now the other phone rings and now your co-worker sitting behind you is like answer the phone but you're already on the phone and you've got this and you've got this you know if you were assertive you would say like no you get the phone I'm busy you know to try so you're not really being used they want to use you but you're saying no you must also do some work so I think that like uh, developing that assertion for yourself is also very important because like you are correct. There are people, even when you start working, that want to use you, that want to abuse you, that want to misuse you. Mm. And the saddest thing is, is that like you might do all the work for them and then they're the ones that turn to your employers and say that you're not doing any work. Exactly. Yep. But in our, in our industry, it's difficult to do. In our, dif- in our industry, I mean, everybody works in, in, in conjunction with one another and so closely with one another, they will, they'll be able to see if, if they're a good boss, if they're a good manager, they'll be able to see who, who's honestly picking up the stack and who isn't. They'll be able to tell, they'll be able to see through people's lies and, 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 and um, like them trying to like, put one over like, on somebody. I feel like no. that doesn't happen You'll be in shocked, every Alex. Yeah. Yeah, in every Even industry. in this industry, it, it's crazy. I've had my own experiences, which I don't even want to speak out, but yeah, some have been held. Yeah. You would be, you would really be surprised at what, how people can make you look and you'd be like, but yeah. Yeah. But you you think that your work speaks for yourself, but then your mm. boss isn't like, he isn't like micromanaging who's doing a lot of work. Yeah. He hears the complaints, yeah. you know? Mm. So it's like, oh, People are always complaining about Claire. She's always on her phone. We're back at the ranch. Claire's done like yeah. five patients consecutively and everyone else hasn't done any patients. Now mm-hmm. Claire's on her phone mm-hmm. because she's just taking a little break in between doing patients because she's the only one that's worked and no one else has worked. But like, <laughs> that's not what your employer hears. Your employer yeah. hears Claire's on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your employer hears that she's not working right now. Because yeah, you'll be mm. doing also a spreadsheet maybe for a whole entire weekend and then a person comes, changes the order and be like, she did not do anything or he did yeah. not do anything. Look, I did all of this. And then you're like, but I worked through this the whole weekend. What does that even mean? You see, yeah. it's one of those things that mm. there are people always ready to target. I think it's what you also say, clear that you it's something that you should learn to like, yes like also stand your ground and know that no i can't be used like just grow some uh, thick skin just two things yeah, no. two things i want to say about that whenever you're dealing with anybody always leave a paper trail never never just give something to somebody send an email so that you have proof that you sent this to them or yeah. whatnot and also when you're very busy working it's very easy for somebody to take advantage of you just because you're too busy to notice. Mm. Mm. And it's something we don't learn at university. It's something that you learn once you are in there. Like, actually, yeah, like I should have done this this way and that way. So mm. This is why I wanted my chair. He's like the voice of reason. So, <laughs> yeah, that seems logical. 
<laughs> uh, it's, it's from experience as well. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the part about being when you're busy, then it's easy. Yeah, that's from experience. Yeah. The other part was uh, a life lesson my father taught me after he got screwed but over you know once many I've times. But you know what I've as well? It's the people that are doing the least that talk the most. Exactly. Yes. Mm. Preach. When, when, yeah. this, when this is not working, this is working. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and when yeah. these yeah. are not working, this is working in overtime, hey? Ah, yeah. Exactly. So I just want to send out that word of caution to people. Like if you are in university and you are going to enter the workforce, like practice assertion, like small, start with small things. Like you're with your parents and you don't like it when your parents like don't knock on your door when you come into your room, like just practice that, like, please Mm -hmm. knock, you know, like that's a small space where you can practice assertion, but You've got to practice assertion. Otherwise, people are just really going to walk all over you. Yeah. No, dude. And um, I think it's not just assertion that they need to practice on. I think it's assertion, uh, integrity, and discipline. Because those are the things that you need. Those are the things that are going to get you by, not only in your educational university, but also in life just in general. Yeah, and don't listen to Alex. Um, Don't work for free. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of the times to get the skills that you require, because it's so saturated, you have to work for free to get into the industry that you that, that you, you either want, would like yeah. to be in or just to get or, or just, just to get into the industry in general. That a habit also, <laughs> yeah. because yeah. Yeah. you start a habit yeah. becomes something that at the end you'll be like, they expect, why did I yeah, expect, agree yeah. on this? Yeah. So it goes without saying that that shouldn't be a habit. And look, there are things that I've discovered in my industry. And I only found that out once it is that I already started working in the industry. And things that I had known before, I probably, honestly speaking, I would have chosen a different career because it's it's one of those industries where you have to hustle. <laughs> it's one of those industries where you have to hustle. It's not like every other branch of engineering. It's, it's incredibly saturated. A lot of the times you might be part of the design team, but not part of the pricing team. But you might find that the only way for us to get a contract because it's so saturated is to underprice our tender or whatever the case may be. And uh, because of that, it requires you spending a lot more resources on that project, time, money, effort on that project. And it requires you working late hours, mostly around the clock for free. And it's so difficult to do that. Like this time to by myself and my boss, you know, we're working long hours and we're looking at the money like, okay, wait, where's the money? <laughs> like, like, why are we not enjoying the fruits of our labor? Uh, what's what's going on here? And it's usually because of that. That's something to keep in mind. And it's also highly stressful because of the late hours and the amount of problem solving that you have to do. It's high pressured. If there's somebody out there that's considering this, they're going to have to consider the fact that it's incredibly stressful and whether or not that's something that their personality can handle. So uh, that's my advice to anybody out there who considers taking this taking this part. I don't know if you guys agree with me, Cecile, and don't do, Matthew. But the thing that I don't understand about engineering is that, like you say, that like, you know, it's oversaturated and you've got to hustle, but then like the government pays for a whole bunch of engineers from Cuba. What? Corruption. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I think aside, Dude, um, you gotta- maybe also aside the corruption, um, with engineering, you actually do need the experience. And I saw some really very troubling stats at the amount of engineers that are actually professionally registered with EXA. It is terrible. So most of us graduate, but we never get to attend those technical skills that are required mm-hmm. and to actually get you to get that professional registration but Cecile uh you have to be yeah you also have to consider the fact that a lot of the times right firms don't want to hire graduates they would like to actually hire somebody who is experienced because we've got we're experiencing something called the brain drain right now where qualifications and experienced people are actually leaving the country in droves right and they're leaving the country in droves because they feel like there aren't any opportunities available for them in South Africa now with what Claire mentioned earlier on, the Cuban engineers actually being invited to South Africa, that's a slap to the face of engineers here in South Africa because they are qualified engineers for the task that they were brought in the country for. And when you saw their salaries 
for each engineer that was brought in here, it was in the millions. Okay. Now it's in the millions because I don't want to speculate. Okay. But people speculated that a portion of it goes to the Cuban government and a portion of it goes to the engineers who are here in South Africa. Right. And I don't know how true that is. Uh, I will have to just state that. But there's that speculation out there. So if if it is that people are leaving because they feel like there's no opportunities available for them, and you know they've reached all options and they've exhausted all options, and then they're now about to leave, and then you just bring Cubans here uh, or whoever here to do the job that they can do, they're gonna feel like, well, then I guess it's goodbye because it looks like I can't make a contribution anymore. Now, I'm not disputing that fact. There's a whole lot of political influence in this industry. Don't even start with the issues of tenders and the turnaround times of, you know, supply chain nightmare. That is a whole lot of issues on its own. So what Claire was saying, I mean, it doesn't benefit the country us using qualified engineers in South Africa, which we could pay significantly less for. As just strengthening diplomatic ties just to lose money, it doesn't benefit us at all. I mean, I, I was watching yeah, the news. A lot of the stuff the government does doesn't benefit the majority. Yeah, dude. I was watching the news the other day and I saw that um, Baraguana Hospital in Soweto ran out of money to pay for doctors and they ran out of money to buy food for their patients. And they had to like pass around a hat to like get money for, for uh, to get money for food for patients, right? Yeah, but I read about but that. Yeah, <laughs> but Jeff, you've got the money to fly in doctors from abroad and pay them exorbitantly well compared to the doctors that we have here in South Africa. And you know, unlike engineering with medicine, you can immediately graduate and immediately go into the and go in and work for the government, and the government is the one that needs the doctors. No, so like they can't get enough doctors to stay in public hospitals, right? So the solution is to, because like in South Africa, you have to work a community service here. You have to, if you want to work legally in South Africa. So um, And internship. So instead of making working conditions better, they just saying, no, train more doctors so we can just get the first year doctors in. Yeah, there's a lot of politics into it, and some of which we are even not even aware of. But it doesn't look good when you look at it. Just when you see the entire picture, it just doesn't look good. <laughs> that, that, that's a point that I wanted to make. When I was younger, I used to have an idea of what the future would look like. And it was filled with technology that made life easier for us. Innovative ideas, uh, flying cars. I don't know, maybe we would have made it to Mars by now. And it would have been very, very clean. All the pollution and all that stuff, we would have taken care of it. We would have been able to save the wildlife and all that stuff. Boy, am I wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are polluting more than ever. We have created a larger carbon footprint more than ever before. And there are people that are labeled as innovators and game changers in this industry. And one of them being Elon Musk, who I had very high hopes for. I, I, I do think that he is incredibly smart and he is incredibly courageous for pulling through the ideas that he's been able to pull through. But as an engineer, right, when I hear him saying that we need to look for an alternative source of power to fuel the logistics in the, in the world, electric cars doesn't really come to mind because essentially it doesn't solve the problems that internal combustion engine cars have. If you really want to like lessen the carbon footprints of the majority of the world, obviously it's to invest in ideas that cater to those who are capable of splurging, splurging a lot of money and focusing on people that don't have a lot of money to spare. So in create, creating public transport, like, like yeah. trains, buses, whatever, those things would actually lessen carbon footprints significantly more than electric cars that you would have to generate, that you'd have to power with diesel engine or coal-powered fuel, coal-powered stations or nuclear power or some other toxic form of energy, which which defeats its purpose. And it's pretty much like, you're pretty much riding around in the same bowl of metal and plastic as you would a car, which takes 
which takes just as much power so, but like, to generate. Yeah, you were saying? But like, I feel like um, the biggest thing nowadays is that people don't want to support um, like uh, countries that are using dictatorships to create, uh, to rule their people. Um, so, you know, they've boycotted Russia. Now we are going, I think it's Saudi Arabia that we're going to now for, for our oil. But then people are saying you're just going from one dictatorship to another dictatorship. So I think the biggest thing is nowadays is that like we need to put in towards like electric cars or, or hydrogen cars um, in, instead of petrol cars so that we can start like using resources that our country is making. Now, when I say our country, I mean like first world countries, not this country. This country just does whatever the rest of the world does. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. I don't generally like uh, flexing my credentials, but as an electrical engineer, <laughs> I, I have, <laughs> I, 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 I did have to actually do quite a bit of this, like, or oh, stuff like this in university as well as afterwards. Yeah. Um, but Alex, firstly, I want to address two of your points. One about um, electric cars still using energy that's generated via um, non-renewable resources. Um, that is true. However, the electricity that or the energy that's generated inside um, power plants is much more efficient than the energy that we get from um, petrol or diesel. But not only that, um, the, you have to get the petrol and diesel to the consumer. And the only way to do that is you have to drill it and then also transport it. And then transporting costs co uh, also add a lot of um, well, money and whatnot to it. However, um, with the transporting, a lot of people think that um, the main cause of, um, of uh, what's it, waste gases that kind of stuff greenhouse gases or comes from um the these big cargo ships transporting things from china or wherever to where we want them in actuality they are uh, much more efficient than um any other form of land transport uh because they can tr tr um, carry so much and uh, water isn't as restrictive as like land or roads are so in actuality, in transporting, um, most of the, the, um, the gases and waste comes from the road transfer compared to the cargo line. The point that you're trying to make was that you were answering um, uh, some of the queries that I had was that, like, first of all, it's electric cars are pointless because they, they, they exert the same amount of pollution as every other internal combustion engine cars. Yeah. Then the, the other point where you're saying is that they should do is um, like public transport and such. Now, you are correct in saying that public transport is better um, at, um, well, per person um, CO2 emissions and whatnot. Uh, but the, the issue is creating that public transport mm. or those train systems or whatnot. The creation of it itself can consume huge amount, well, produce huge amounts of um, carbon dioxide and waste and whatnot. Um, one of the biggest uh, factors e of CO2 production in the world is uh, concrete. And anything that is created that's for use by mm. humans is made mm. out of concrete. Um, so... Sure, it will probably it will probably help in the long run, but it's going to be expensive to set up in the first point. And then there's also a lot of cities, especially in America, where that doesn't work at all because for some reason America is designed around cars. So the public transport, it would have to you know it's everything is very spaced out in America, um, and they have already have super highways and whatnot. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. Uh, the one point that you made was that. The, the, the construction of it all, because we don't have the infrastructure to actually uh, cater to transporting a large population all at once right now, in one go right now. But obviously, as time, as you develop mm. it, right, uh, the, the, 
the resources then will then pull in because obviously more and more people will have access to this much cheaper form of transport, which is convenient, efficient, and cheaper. And um, even though it uses a lot of concrete compared to, like, and that that emits a lot of lot more CO2 compared to uh, anything else, um, the amount of infrastructure that would have to be put up would significantly would significantly decrease the amount of carbon dioxide out there compared in the long run. Yeah, no, no, I agree with that. Is that it will yeah. in the long run definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. <clears throat> but you you're never going to be able to have a hundred percent like public transportation unless your cities and whatnot are literally designed around using public transportation like uh, what's it? The Netherlands, Japan, Tokyo, Japan. That there's that one city, Tokyo, I Japan, think. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even there, there's still a lot of it's. Just, well, that is more just like there's too many people that they literally don't have a yeah, choice. Yeah, but then there's also like bullet um, trains that go all through, you, you all through Japan really. efficiently. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Fair enough. Fair. But they are. They are also roads everywhere. That's like there are some cars that do actually drive, but. It's just it's so entrenched in their culture there that I mean I would I would love it if that's how it was everywhere there. It's just you walk everywhere and you just um, use a train and whatnot. You don't don't even necessarily need yeah. to get a driver's license that. Um, to go wherever you yeah. want to go. <laughs> the it's very it's it's they have a very unique situation in that they almost were forced into that position because of their population. Um, Whereas most of the places, they have a lot of space, so everything's spread out. So creating all of these infrastructures is, well, it's not that it can't be done, but it's going to be very expensive, uh, especially for the government to do. And, you know, there's always other things that the government wants to do. Um, There's never enough money for the government to do everything. Um, but yeah, I do. I do definitely agree with your fact that over time it will definitely yeah. um, decrease the amount of of pollution that's created, as long as it's actually but, well being used. For most people, it's not like, reliable. It's not efficient, so they don't use it. Now, if people find out that it was reliable, it was efficient, mm. and it is available every day, all day, and it's 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 it takes them to where it is that they're working. And it's cheaper than using a car. Even those with cars will use it. So th- 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 that's the point that I'm making. It yeah. Because, like you said it earlier on, you s- you said you said no, no, I agree. You I agree with on, what you're right, saying. Yeah. That the reason why this is not developed is because government is focusing on other things. And what I've realized that most governments all over the world do is that they focus on supporting enterprises or corporations that offer products that sell exorbitantly and everything else just falls into the cracks. Like if you look at America, they'll bail out companies like General Motors, uh, Tesla, uh, Silicon Valley companies, stuff like that, right? Um, They'll invest billions, sometimes even trillions into wars. But now when you think about like infrastructure, education and everything else, the things that we need, those things are dog shit. Everywhere, you know, America, it's 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 yeah. not really in good quality. Yeah, it's yeah, not in good quality. Y- 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 but like the things that we don't need, Uber, um, Uber Eats, um, like. Yeah, but that's maintained by private companies. Yeah, but then like it's maintained by private companies, but when they fall short, who bails them out? Well, I don't okay, think that Uber is going to get bailed you... out by the government. Like, if I'm honest. Dude, America, America is very different to um, our country, South Africa, um, in the in the whole government system, um, because they've got the electoral college and all of those. They've got the different, I don't know, the different levels. Like, like they've got like three different levels of government, and they all check on each other. Um, whereas with us, it's ba- it's a lot less complicated. In that, um, I think in America, there's a it's a, a lot of the, the the companies pay for represent um, pay f- sponsor representatives, and in order for so the representatives then will try to make it so that they in the interests of the companies that are sponsoring them are her are, or well, mm. interests are adhered to 
Yeah, I met, yeah. Um, whereas in so South Africa and I think most countries, the the governments, they they say that they're looking out for the people, but in what 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 reality is is that they they're looking out for themselves and their party. What yeah. they're trying to do is make sure that they can stay in power for as long as possible and once make sure they hit those four years and once they hit those four years then they don't care anymore. Yeah. Um they they don't they oftentimes don't make um commitments longer no, than in the time like that they serve in, the, in government. In the either they don't make commitments yeah. yeah. So so they either make commitments for like at the end of the of the year of the when they in 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 government or just after they're out of government or they just the they or they just don't make like they say they'll do stuff and just never end up doing it because once once they're in power they can just mm. or doesn't really mm. matter mm. you know mm. oftentimes what you'll find is like round election times then there'll be it's very it's, it's almost comical how how consistent it is you'll see in the newspapers about ANC putting in toilets in these um What's yeah. it? These informal settlements, and it's like, why is this? Why is this now being done? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. right. It's election time. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. you know. Right. I wanted to share the most amazing thing that I did. Okay. I played the greatest April Fool's prank ever. It was a prank on Claire, Cecile, and Matthew, whereby I told people that my girlfriend was pregnant and everybody acted beautifully to it, which I loved. <laughs> we all want your girlfriend to be pregnant, Alex. <laughs> yeah. When? Yeah, come on, Alex. Oh, that... Papa Alex. I, w- oh, I would let you... Papa, what's I would up? let you know, but that is something that I'm going to let you guys know about in the next podcast. So stay tuned for that. All right, so... so what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, so like our next podcast... Uh, you got to keep them hooked. Topic has already been chosen. It has been yeah. chosen. It is in the stars. But I just want to send a, send a special thanks to Cecile, who joined us today. Uh, she was nervous about today, but yeah. she was in good hands. She was in good company. You guys welcomed her mm-hmm. with open, open arms. And I am so happy about that. I am... I am so grateful for it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Cecile. <laughs> thank you for speaking to me. Thank, thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you, guys. So, thank you for tuning in, everyone. If you have comments, leave them down there. We will definitely be focusing on the comments. So, just tell us what you want to tell us. But uh, other than that, thank you for tuning in. Stay deep and stay you. <laughs> By the way, um, if they're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts, they won't be able to comment anything, but you can always go to YouTube and comment there or send us an email or whatever the case may be. (laughs) 